Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So they nuked them. They nuked them. Okay, I'm not talking about Trump in Syria or, you know, North Korea or something. No, the Republicans have implemented the nuclear option to get Gorsuch confirmed in the Senate. And frankly, I don't really blame them. I think it's good. What did the Democrats expect? They're going to cry. This is unprecedented. And really, it's just politics as usual. We have a divided country right now to get things done politically. Sometimes you have to do this. This is Beyond Reason Radio. I am your host, Michael Yaffe, the voice of reason in a world that is beyond reason. And we are on tonight till 8 p.m. If you're listening to the live show here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. And if you are listening to the live show, you can call 407-916-5400 or text to 23680 if you miss any of the show, of course. Check out the podcast anywhere podcasts are available. We are also on Facebook Live as well. So if you like Beyond Reason Radio on Facebook or send me a friend request on Facebook, you can see it. You can also follow me on Twitter at Beyond Reason R. I posted some great stuff on both of those things today. And we have Tom Benson producing today. So how are you, Tom? I am doing fine, getting ready for a great weekend. I know it's only Thursday, yeah, but the, we- the weather is going to be perfect this weekend. This is going to be better than yesterday. Oh, <laughs> hey, speaking of last night I, I, at Benson Manor, I went to hit the hay about 10 o'clock. It was still 83 degrees. Benson Manor. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I want to see Benson Manor. <laughs> Sounds fancy. <laughs> well, that's uh, no, it's not. Uh, but anyway, and then, you could have totally lied to me. I'd have believed you. And then uh, you know, now it's perfect. Just perfect. If oh, it, yeah, it's going to be. If it would only stay this way through October. <laughs> I was about to say, or through forever. Yeah. How about that? How about yeah. it just always stays this way? All right, good, good stuff, good stuff. So um, that's pretty much all I'm going to say on uh, Gorsuch because I'm just glad they're doing it. Let's get him confirmed. It's, it was dumb what the Democrats are doing. Nobody thinks Gorsuch is this radical who needs to be stopped. So uh, the big news of today, obviously, is Syria. There are reports out, and you've all seen the video, you've all seen the pictures on social media, that Assad, Syria's dictator, 
used chemical weapons against his own people. And then you see the pictures of kids and women and, and people just being killed after this chemical attack. And it's horrific. And nobody wants to see that. Nobody likes that. But now there is talk about what to do next, what to do in response. And uh, this is very tricky. This is not an easy decision. But before I talk about my take on this, which some people might like, some people might not, it's the topic of war, especially in the Middle East, is just nobody ever really gets down to the real truth of it. So we'll talk about that. But Rex Tillerson, Secretary of State, uh, was asked about this in a press conference talking about the response to Syria. You all know what Trump said. Trump said Assad crossed many lines, not just the red line, but many lines. And um, Rex Tillerson was asked about his response and America's response to what Assad did. And this is what he said. It's a serious matter. It requires a serious response. Assad's role in the future is uncertain, clearly, and with the acts that he has taken, it would seem that there would be no role for him to govern the Syrian people. Okay, so um, that, what does that mean? His future is uncertain? I mean, okay. Does that mean we need to get rid of him? Does that mean we have sanctions? Does that mean, what, what does that mean? They're being, they're not being very clear. Maybe they shouldn't be because they have to figure out what to do. The Pentagon's trying to come up with plans on things to do. Um, Rex Tillerson kind of answered that a little bit more in this next statement. This is what he said. The process by which Saad would leave is something that I think requires an international community effort, uh, both to first defeat ISIS within Syria, to stabilize the Syrian uh, country to avoid further civil war and then to work collectively with our partners around the world through a political process that would lead to Assad leaving. So will you and President Trump organize an international coalition to remove Assad? Those steps are underway. Oh, those steps are underway to remo- remove Assad. Did you hear what he said there? He said um, a lot of things that are not easy to do you know he says it nonchalantly well we just have to destroy isis and then stabilize the reason region and then remove assad and have a political process to uh replace him oh okay cool let's just get that done then yeah i'll be done by next week and we'll move on with our lives um no obviously that's incredibly difficult everything he said and it could take years decades even to get stuff like that done. How how do we respond to this? And what should what should we do? The American people are not going to support another war in the Middle East right now. They're just not. No matter how justified it might be unless we're blatantly attacked by the Middle East, you know, where they where Iran literally sends a bomb on the on some kind of U.S. property or tries to attack Israel or something, they're not going to support. We're not going to support a war in the Middle East right now. Can you say Israel? So you think Israel's going to do it for us? That's an interesting, interesting possibility. And now we'll get into um, some of the possibilities. The other problem, though, is Russia. 
because Russia and Assad and Russia and Syria, and of course Iran's in there too, and they're all best buds. They're all just best friends. And Russia's been helping out Assad, saying they're doing it to fight ISIS. Although I read an article in the National Review today that said Assad and Russia have basically kind of let ISIS have their own region, and Assad's kind of taken on the more moderate rebels. So that's good. <laughs> this is just, isn't this just a wonderful situation? And this is what Tillerson uh, had to say about our response and what Russia should respond to. Play cut three for me, Tom Benson. The Syrian regime under the leadership of uh, President Bashar al-Assad are responsible for this attack. And I, I think further, it is very important that the Russian government consider carefully their continued support for the Assad regime. So now we've kind of put Russia on notice. Hey, you should consider carefully. I think they have considered pretty carefully, and I don't think they're going to change. I don't think Putin really cares what Tillerson said. We put Tillerson in there because we thought he was best friends with Russia, and it would be all great, but Russia really doesn't care what Tillerson has to say. So what, what do we do here? The fact is, as bad as this is, it's hard to say that this is in our national security interest. And why do we care what's going on in Syria when we don't care what's going on in countries in Africa where you have similar type genocide? Maybe they're not using chemical weapons, but you have genocides going on in Africa and we have in the recent decades and recent years, and we have done nothing. There's also practically genocide going in North Korea. North Korea is a whole nother wrench in this. Because we might have to go to war with North Korea. Because North Korea is building up their missile technology, their nuke technology. And them having one intercontinental ballistic missile that they can put a nuke on is a danger and a threat to us. So we might have to go to war with North Korea. So are we going to want to go to war with Syria? And then have to go to war with North Korea? The American people are not willing to go for this. They're not. So what might happen, I don't think we're really going to do much of anything. I don't think Trump wants to do anything. I don't think he I don't think he wants to deal with this. I really don't. So we might do a no-fly zone. We might have coordinated airstrikes on some of their chemical facilities or some of their military facilities, and that's probably going to be the extent of it. We might even let like you said Tom Benson Israel attack some of their some of their military facilities and then we'll keep doing what we're doing. We're not going to be putting ground troops in Syria. Here's the thing when it comes to war in the Middle East. We could theoretically win major wars in the Middle East. We could go into Syria, obviously beat them militarily, and be okay. The problem is, once you beat them militarily, and we found this out in Iraq, then you have a guerrilla war on your hands. You have a guerrilla war with insurgents. You have a guerrilla war with their own people, and you have an ideological war that you have to fight. Now, we can do that. We actually did a lot of that in World War II. In Japan, we kind of fought a lot of guerrilla wars. We went island to island and had very harsh battles. And we basically had to root them out like insects and destroy them because there was no other way to do it. And it would have been really bad if we had to invade the actual island of Japan, but we could actually do it. Here's the problem, though. That took a lot of American lives. It took a lot of resources, a lot of money, and a lot of time. These are things that we're just not willing to do in the Middle East right now. We're just not. 
I'm just telling you straight up, the American people don't want to put that kind of time and energy, especially after Afghanistan and Iraq. Because we went into Iraq and we thought, oh, we'll just take out Saddam. He did some bad things. We'll take him out. He's kind of a threat. We thought he had weapons of mass destruction. We'll just take him out and then we'll leave and it'll be all fine. They'll have their own government, their own democracy. And that's not what happened. And we should have never thought that was going to happen. In order to actually do anything in that region significantly, we would have to have a presence there probably for decades. We would have to stay there and have a strong military presence there even much longer after the initial war and the initial conflict. We would have to. It's the only way to stabilize the region. Not only that, but in Iraq, we kind of let them create their own constitution. That can be dangerous in a situation like that because a lot of those areas are not ready for representative democracy. I know a lot of people think that might be insulting, but all you have to do is look at Egypt, and all you have to do is look at the Palestinian areas, and what do they do? Once they were given that chance of democracy, what do they do? They just voted in radicals, and that just created things worse in the, those areas and for us. Yeah, they voted in radical Hamas in the Palestinian areas, and Egypt voted in the Muslim Brotherhood, and they had to eventually have a whole nother coup in Egypt because the Muslim Brotherhood was so bad. So this is a very tough situation. Not only that, but then I hear people, and Bud, who I produce the morning show for on this station on WFLA, oh, he says this as well. Well, what we should do is we should be completely energy independent and just kiss the Middle East goodbye. Okay, that sounds great, but it's a myth. It's a myth. Energy independence is a myth. Why? Because energy is traded on the world market. Okay? So let's say we don't buy any oil from Saudi Arabia or any of the other places in the Middle East. Well, oil and stuff is still traded on the world market. Other countries are going to buy it. If you take away those supplies, it affects the world market of oil. And even if we're not buying anything, the prices could still skyrocket if you try to take away the supplies from the Middle East. So it, it would still affect us indirectly. It would also affect Europe and other countries that are actually dependent on oil from those places. Because we are, you know, a lot of people want us to be isolationists. We just close our borders. We just do everything here and we don't depend on the rest of the world. It's impossible in today's world. We live in a world economy. We live in a global economy. That global economy has to be protected. Now, I am all for drilling more here using our own resources because by doing that, we add the supply when you have supply to meet the demand, then the prices go down. And then it gives us more leverage in the world because we're not as dependent on supplies other places. But just to say, well, we just leave and let the Middle East do our own thing and it's not going to affect us at all, that's just not true. It's just not true because we have a global economy and what they do affects the global economy. So there's a whole other situation there. This is just not a good situation. It's not a good situation for so many reasons. One, we're not really willing to fight the war. If we really wanted to fight a war in the Middle East, it would take so much time, so much so many lives, and so much money, and we're just not willing to do it because we don't think it's really in our national security interest. So what's going to happen is we're just going to maybe have a no-fly zone or something. We're going to talk tough, maybe have some sanctions, and nothing's really going to be done. Now, there's the other, there's so many different angles to this. There's the other angle, too, like what happened in Egypt, where we kind of have 
backhanded coups where we kind of let the people rise up to have their own coup. But that creates a whole nother problem because one, it could f- create a vacuum. ISIS is going to want to fill that vacuum. They, they just are. Or Russia is going to want to fill that vacuum. Or the people in that area are going to vote in radical elements themselves. Okay? So, and if we go in there militarily, that could happen as well because we would have to fight ISIS as well, just like Tillerson said. The American people are not willing to do this. We're not willing. We don't think it's worth our time. And there's a great argument there that it's probably not worth our time. It might be in the long run, in decades, but we would have to make a real commitment to do it. But we're not going to make a real commitment. We don't, we don't do that anymore in wars, really. North Korea is a pretty different situation. Now, North Korea could be a bad situation, too, because if we invade North Korea, they could attack South Korea. And once again, if South Korea has major damage, that affects the world economy because we buy a lot of things from South Korea. And so do a lot of other countries. Not only that, you have China to the north of them. If China gets involved, that makes things difficult for us. That being said, if we did take over North Korea, I don't think the North Korean people would be terribly upset about it. I don't think there would be a major insurgency unless China had a major insurgency. I don't think the people there would necessarily vote in some kind of radical, ideological, religious element like could happen in the Middle East. So North Korea is a little bit better of a situation Not only that, but that really is a direct threat to us because all they have to do is nuke us once and it could affect our electric grid and all that stuff. So you could actually argue to the American people, this is in our national security interest. Very hard to make that argument when it comes to Syria. It just is. What do you all think about this? What do you all think is the best solution? I really don't know. If I I were president, it would be a tough situation. I might do a no-fly zone, attack some of their facilities, and be done with it. Because anything else is just going to leave us in a very, very bad situation. If you're listening to the live show, you can call 407-916-5400. You can text to 23680. You can also comment on Facebook Live or send me a, a tweet on Twitter at Beyond Reason R. This is Beyond Reason Radio. We have a lot more to get to. I want to get into the latest with Nunes. He's now out of the Russia inquiry in congress um there's some interesting comments from van jones about the susan rice thing a lot more on the susan rice scandal and what i'm going to tell you what i think is the real scandal in terms of all this surveillance we'll get to that this is beyond reason radio i'm your host michael yeffy we'll be right back the voice of reason in a world that is beyond reason is back now all right so we have been talking about Syria, we've been talking about North Korea, we've been talking about what is the response in all this and what would be the ramifications of all this. And frankly, when it comes to Syria, there are not a lot of good options. I'm just telling you right now, I would be shocked if we did any kind of real military campaign in Syria to try to get rid of Assad. And they might try to do it some backhanded way, which is just not a good idea. It just isn't. Because... It just could get worse, unfortunately. I feel, I mean, I really feel for the people of that country. There have been some good people from that country. And then you have the refugee problem, and this can make the refugee problem even worse. But it, it just, we're, we're just not willing to do it as a country. And if we're not really committed to doing it, then I don't want to get involved at all. 
because it just creates, just can make things even worse. All right, let's take a call here from Dave in Winter Park. Dave, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I just wanted to chime in on this serious thing. Sure. Uh, I, I'm pretty much in agreement with Ron Paul that uh, we need to find out and make sure that this really was uh, Syrian gas. Okay. That we don't know for sure that, uh, you know, Russia might be telling the truth that they, uh, the, the last the gas attack, that they traced the gas back to uh, Libya, and it was Libyan gas that they had uh, shipped up to the Syrian terrorists. So uh, if you do a no-fly zone or something around there, you're just going to turn that into a terrorist cesspool, just like they did. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because the terrorists don't really care about a no-fly zone. They don't have planes. Right, right. So a no-fly zone just lets ISIS uh, make them stronger because there's no way to keep them in check. Yeah, well, I mean, Tillerson is saying that, I mean, we're – apparently still have airstrikes on ISIS and Tillerson is saying we'd have to take care of ISIS too in all this. Um, so maybe they would have a no-fly zone and attack ISIS from the air. I don't know. Well, we have 150 soldiers uh, in Syria. And yes. if, we attack, if we attack any of uh, Syrian uh, airports, we would kill Russians because they're embedded in there. Yeah, that's now true too. Russians, <laughs> and now, now they're going to go after the 145 troops that we do have there yeah so we have special options of your right, yeah. battle you're gonna have a, you're gonna have a three-way battle all the good guys fighting each other and isis is gonna win yeah well in iran so, the rand's over there too and dave i appreciate your call um you know i don't really have any reason not to believe tillerson or trump when they say assad did it i don't know why they would lie about it. why would we blame assad when we're if isis did it we knew isis did it then we could just blame them too and then want to attack ISIS more. It would actually give us a much better situation because Trump has been kind of friendly with Assad in the past. That seemed to have changed. I don't really really know. You would think that if ISIS was behind it and somehow involved, that that would cause uh, uh, the Russians and the United States to work together to then wipe out ISIS. But apparently Russia is not there to really wipe out ISIS. That's just the cover story. They just want to, uh, you know, keep uh, keep uh, Assad in power. Oh yeah, yeah. They're the, yeah. Uh, from from what I'm reading today, too, that's exactly right. They make a lot of bold claims that they're there to fight ISIS, that they're helping Assad to fight fight ISIS. What they're really doing is kind of letting ISIS have certain areas and kind of some laying off of what ISIS is doing, and they're attacking the moderate rebels who are actually a threat to the Assad regime. It's just the Middle East is just a terrible situation. And most of it is because it's an ideological battle. And when you have an ideological war like that going on in a region of the world, you know, prompted by religion, and it's all guerrilla warfare, it's incredibly difficult to have to win and do anything real substantive without major resources and sacrifice in time without major resources and sacrifice and time. And that is just the American people just don't see a reason for us to get involved in that way, because it's not really that big of a threat to our national security. Now, if Assad really had the technology to hit us and our allies with some of this stuff, and there was a real threat of them to do that kind of like Iran might have soon and kind of like North Korea might have soon, then there's a national security interest. And then we'd have to get involved. Of course, then there's the other side of the story that if we don't get involved, then they'll just keep 
building up their military apparatus. And then in the future, they might have be a national security threat. So it's just a bad situation. And I'm just telling you right now, there, there's not going to be any kind of real major military campaign to get rid of Assad. I would be shocked. 407-916-5400, text to 23680. This is Beyond Reason Radio. I'm your host, Michael Yaffe. We'll be right back. If you miss any of the show, you can download the Beyond Reason podcast on iTunes. This is Orlando's Smart Talk Radio. Beyond Reason Radio continues now. Yes, welcome back to the show, everyone. Make sure if you miss any of the show, check out the podcast of any of the shows. Uh, go to beyondreasonradio.com. By the way, you can go to 1025wfla.com, our flagship station here, um, and click on Good Morning Orlando tab and click on Beyond Reason blog. I wrote a blog this week, which I talked about the real scandal, which is the surveillance state, an angle that a lot of people aren't addressing when it comes to this whole Susan Rice unmasking Trump administration stuff. We're focused on Susan Rice possibly doing it for political reasons, and we're focused on, well, Trump, she might have did it because Trump administration was, we're talking to nefarious people. And my question is, why are we doing all this surveillance in the first place? Is no one else concerned about that? That there is so much surveillance going on in the first place, whether legal or otherwise. This, a lot of this is done legally. But it's to me, that in itself isn't really a good thing. So I wrote a blog on that, and I want to talk about that more in a second. But I found uh, this cut from Van Jones. He has his own thing he does on CNN. And um, he talked about his take on what Trump said about Susan Rice unmasking, what the reaction has been about Susan Rice unmasking. And he's very articulate, very convincing, and very wrong. So we're going to go through this and what he said, and I'm going to tell you exactly why he's very, very wrong. Um, Let's start. This is what he said. The right-wing media wants to burn Susan Rice at the stake for doing her job. That's it. Susan Rice was our national security advisor. To give good advice, you got to ask good questions, especially when fishy-looking stuff lands on your desk. Okay? Now, finding out for yourself the names of sketchy people doing possibly sketchy things is called unmasking. Okay, stop right there. We don't know if they were doing sketchy things. We have no idea. A lot of that's classified. It hasn't been seen. From what I've seen, there wasn't really sketchy things going on. There were pretty standard things going on that happened in a campaign. So to just say, well, she was just doing her job. Well, for one, how much is this going on where we're just unmasking American citizens and we scream, well, national security, fishiness, let's let's see who they are. And then that intelligence gets out there of American citizens. I mean, you can always claim you're doing your job, and that's why it's hard to prove you know, her that she committed a crime because she'll just lie and say, well, I did it for national security purposes. That's always why they do stuff like this. That's always why this is done. Okay. They always use that excuse. So she gives Susan Rice the benefit of the doubt way too much, which, you know, what you would expect from Van Jones. Uh, He continues on here. Now, it doesn't mean revealing that to the whole world. That would be illegal. It does mean revealing those names to yourself at your desk so you can do a better job advising the president. Okay, stop best- right there. Um, she might not have revealed it to the whole world, but the fact is it was unmasked and it was revealed. 
So somebody was doing it, and they weren't able to do it unless it was unmasked. Not only that, but Obama, and this was reported by the New York Times and other places, Obama changed some of the rules dealing with the NSA to make sure this stuff was revealed in the intelligence community. Not only that, but then you had the comments from Farkas last week who said that's where the leaks are coming from, from the intelligence community and all this intelligence going out there. Okay? And then we're going to get to what David Nunes said, the chair of the intelligence House Intelligence Community. We'll get to that a little bit when we're done with Van Jones. But he basically debunks everything that Van Jones is saying here of why she did it and where the evidence actually leads to. But let's continue on here with Van Jones. We can tell that's all she did, her job. Now, if she were a terrible person, up to no good, trying to ruin Donald Trump, you know what she would have done, what she could have done? She could have called a press conference in the middle of the election like James Comey did from the FBI, okay? She could have run around screaming bloody murder. Look what I found. Look what I found. She didn't do that. Okay, stop right there. She's saying that's a sign of how great she is. That could be a sign that they didn't find anything. So they probably could have done all this unmasking and surveillance for political purposes, not found anything, And by calling a press conference, it would kind of reveal that this was being done when they didn't want it revealed. So to say, oh, well, she could have done this and revealed all this sketchy stuff. What sketchy stuff? They still have not revealed the sketchy stuff. Nobody has. Probably because there isn't sketchy stuff. (laughs) Maybe that's why. Uh, He continues on here. She got very disturbing information and she looked into it. And as best we can tell, she did her job inside the proper channels. For doing this, Donald Trump should give Susan Rice the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Okay? Okay, stop right there. The Presidential Medal of Freedom. I don't think he should give her that, but there are some, there's these metal bracelets that connect to each other that some people get. You know, I think she could use a pair of those, (laughs) you know, but. I think her medal went to Joe Biden a couple months ago. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. It's just ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Now, it's going to be hard to convict her of a crime because you have to prove intent. That's very difficult to do unless you have some kind of paper trail. They they can't do it. But it doesn't mean we can't be, we shouldn't be concerned about what's going on here. That's why she has to testify to Congress. But uh, Van Jones continues on here. Somebody like Comey would have run to the cameras, created a huge firestorm, and possibly wrecked his campaign. So Republicans should love Susan Rice. They should thank Susan Rice. Thank you for being a professional. Oh, thank you. (laughs) they're throwing fits. Why? Maybe they don't want you to think about what Susan Rice unmasked. People on Trump's team possibly playing footsie with bad guys from Russia. Okay. Let's not get distracted. Okay. Let's not get distracted, people. Here is the problem with the last thing he said. These intelligence reports that had the unmasking had nothing to do with Russia. It has been said over and over again. So what were they about? Because he's saying it has to do with Russia. But David Nunes, who revealed all this last week, the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, who has stepped down of this, this whole Russia probe, which is dumb, He should have stayed into it. He's just falling prey to the left now. 
But he, this is what he had to say after he saw the intelligence, talked to the White House, and did a press conference. And it totally contradicts what Van Jones just said. This is what he said. So first, I recently confirmed that on numerous occasions, the intelligence community incidentally collected information about U.S. citizens involved in the Trump transition. Details about U.S. persons associated with the incoming administration, details with little or no apparent foreign intelligence value, were widely disseminated in intelligence community reporting. Third, I have confirmed that additional names of Trump transition team members were unmasked. And fourth and finally, I want to be clear, none of this surveillance was related to Russia or the investigation of Russian activities or of the Trump team. Okay, so he just contradicts, and this was a week ago before Van Jones said anything, he just contradicts everything Van Jones is trying to push here. One, he says that this intelligence was widely disseminated in intelligence communities. Van Jones made it seem like, well, Susan Rice did the unmasking and then kept it in a secret vault somewhere. No, no, obviously that's not what happened, especially if David Nunes was easily able to access this. The second thing is the fact that it had nothing to do with Russia. Nothing. So why were they doing this? Why were they unmasking? If they have some kind of nefarious reason they needed for national security purpose, they needed to unmask this stuff, then tell us. Tell us what that is. Please tell us what that is because Nunes says it had nothing to do with Russia. So Van Jones gets on his high horse and says, well, the Republicans don't want you to look at why. And the why is, is because they were talking to nefarious people in Russia. No, apparently, according to the intelligence reports that were unmasked, which David Nunes saw, it had nothing to do with Russia. So who's really pushing the lie here? the right-wing media, quote-unquote, or Van Jones. Now, despite all of this, I want to get back to what I think is the real scandal here. And that is the fact that I am very concerned that we have created such a giant intelligence deep state with a lot of power and a lot of surveillance that all of this is even possible in the first place. Even if the political spying isn't going on, it seems like it's very easy to have it go on in the future because surveillance and the infrastructure is set. I thought after Snowden came out and revealed the prison program and revealed all this surveillance going on, especially of American citizens, I thought people were outraged. And they should have been outraged. But now nobody cares. Does that know we all think this is well it was done legally. I don't care why it was done. Should it be should it be done in the first place? This much? And they say, well, it's not happening of American citizens. But should we be spying on our allies as much as we are? Is this I mean, people say, well, this has to be done with Nash for national security. Really? I'm not so sure about that. And Rand Paul, can you go ahead and get the Rand Paul cut ready? Tom Benson, Rand Paul, and I played some of this on my show earlier this week, talked about this. And even he really doesn't address all of it, but he mentioned some things that are very concerning to me about all of this. This is what he said. For years, both progressives and libertarians have been complaining about these backdoor searches. 
it's not that we're searching maybe one foreign leader and who they talk to. We search everything in the whole world. There were reports a couple of years ago that all of Italy's phone calls were absorbed in a one-month period of time. We were getting Merkel's phone calls. We're getting everybody's phone calls. But by rebound, we are collecting millions of Americans' phone calls. If you want to look at an American's phone call or listen to it, you should have to have a warrant, the old-fashioned way, in a real court where both sides get represented. But a secret warrant by a secret court with a lower standard level because we're afraid of terrorism is one thing for foreigners. But both myself and a progressive, Ron Wyden, have been warning about mm. these backdoor searches for years and that they could be politicized. The objections that civil libertarians have had to this program is that you've lowered the standard. We'll spy on foreigners at a drop of the hat. We have no standard of the Fourth Amendment at all. And some of that I can agree to. But by rebound, we're collecting millions of conversations of Americans. Those should be protected by the uh, Fourth Amendment. He is saying, and he makes a good point, that Americans should be protected by the Fourth Amendment. It should not be that easy to unmask American citizens. They say they go, they do surveillance through FISA court, but then they, Susan Rice, all she has to do is ask the intelligence community to unmask, and then they can approve it. And according to Susan Rice herself, this is being done a lot. So that's concerning in itself, how easily it's done to spy on American citizens through some kind of backdoor loophole. But he just talked about how we spied on, like, the whole country of Italy. Is no one else concerned about that? I know they're not American citizens, but should we be spying on countries in Europe like that? On European leaders like that? How is that good, how is that good for our foreign policy? Not only that, but then you had Dennis Kucinich come out a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago when all this started, and said his phone calls with foreign diplomats were spied on and tapped and recorded. Is no one else concerned about that? And they say, well, it was done legally because we had to spy on what foreign people were saying. But that's a very dangerous precedent. I don't care if it's done legally. One, because that stuff can be used to blackmail U.S. senators and U.S. representatives. Two... Because it can be leaked easily, like it has been, obviously. And three, because now we're not going to be able to have any conversations with foreign diplomats where they're going to trust them not being recorded. So they're not going to want to tell us or even talk to us because we're spying on, spying on everything, that all the conversations. This is not good. And this, to me, is the real scandal here that no one is talking about. We need to look at the surveillance state as a whole and really address if we should be doing this on this scale. The whole reason this started was not to spy on foreign diplomats, but it was meant to spy on terrorists after 9-11 for national security reasons so we can know what the terrorists were up to. It has grown way beyond that. And it's not too much of a stretch to me to think that this can be done for political reasons. Just saying. All right. We have one more segment to go on Beyond Reason Radio. Something Nancy Pelosi said. That was just plain laughable. This is Beyond Reason Radio. I'm your host, Michael Yaffe. We'll be right back. Download the iHeartRadio app and catch the Beyond Reason Radio podcast. The conscience in your ear telling you the difference between right and wrong. Yaffe is back on the air. 
Yes, Yaffe is back on the air. This is Beyond Reason Radio. If you missed any of the show so far, you can catch the podcast anywhere podcasts are available. You can just download the Beyond Reason Radio app. Check out all the podcasts there. It's on iHeartRadio, BeyondReasonRadio.com, News Radio 102. It's on the 1025 WFLA page as well. And you have to listen to the whole show. Or you can watch it on Facebook Live. I post the video from that later as well. Had a lot of views on the last show, so if you want to watch it and share it with your friends, go ahead. I will not object to that, of course. And we have Tom Benson producing as well. Before I get into it, something Nancy Pelosi said, which was laughable. I was reading here, this is from Reuters, but they're actually referencing an interview on the New York Times where they're talking about the New York Times in an interview with Trump. And Trump really wants to get this whole infrastructure plan going, this trillion-dollar infrastructure plan. But this is what he said about this. This is very concerning to me. He said, I'm thinking about accelerating it. I'm thinking about putting it with another bill. Could be health care. Could be something else. Could be tax reform. He's going to put a giant trillion-dollar infrastructure bill with health care and tax reform? I am so sick of these giant omnibus spending bills that are just a giant waste of money. If you have a problem with things in the infrastructure, like we need to update our grid to protect it from EMPs and stuff, then just pass a single bill that does that. Why do we have to have these giant wasteful spending bills and all that stuff? It just drives me crazy. All right, so I had to get to this because it's just so dumb. But it's Nancy Pelosi, so what would you expect? Nancy Pelosi did a press conference, and she had a sign out on an, on an easel next to her that had pictures of children for some reason. Um, I'm not really sure why. Who knows? Maybe it's about abortion. Probably not, but she um she walks out, and here's the audio of what she says next, which is just ridiculous. Here it is. No, no, that's not that's not the audio. Pretty much the same thing, though. <laughs> good, good stuff. No, play the actual audio. Of oh, did I not put it up there? Oh, dang it. Okay. Um. Well, she she came out. That was my fault, Tom Benson. She came out, and she says, um, she wants to move the sign closer to her. Okay. So she comes out and she says she likes to be close to the children. And she's saying needs all needs us all to stay close to the children during the Trump administration. <laughs> so she walks out and she wants to move the sign closer to her. And she goes, she goes, I we need I want to be close to the children. And we need to all stay close to the children during the Trump administration. <laughs> Why? <laughs> why <laughs> this is so ridiculous because trump's our president we have to we have to shelter the children from president trump i'm so worried about i'm so worried about the children <laughs> it's just like that what you just played <laughs> tom benson i mean i think that could have been audio from nancy pelosi not only not only that but she's like the most vocal pro-choice advocate out there so she has no problem of killing the children in the womb but now she wants to protect them from trump not only that i mean why why is it is because trump has said some pretty nasty things in his past or something i mean since when do they care about things that presidents do i mean 
Just look at presidents in the Democrat Party in the past, okay? FDR, JFK, and Bill Clinton were pretty big womanizers. Uh huh. Did we need to protect the children from them in their kind of craziness that they were up to? And then you have, you know, presidents like Woodrow Wilson who were racist as possible. Did we need to protect the children from them? Uh huh. No, now, now all of a sudden they care about the children. You know, I don't remember Ronald Reagan or both Bush presidents being so bad to protect from the children. Usually it's Democrats. So I, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear all this stuff. Nancy Pelosi loves to put Bill Clinton out in front of everyone and praise him. So now she cares about the children. Uh-huh. Well, I thank you all for listening. This is Beyond Reason Radio. I am your host, Michael Yaffe. If you miss any of the show, check the podcast. Make sure to follow Beyond Reason Radio on Facebook or follow me on Twitter at Beyond Reason R. Um, share with your friends. That would be very nice to be very helpful to me. A very lonely, poor radio guy. I need your help. <laughs> this is Beyond Reason Radio. I'm your host, Michael Yaffe. I'll catch you guys next time. But nothing comes from indifference.